From Breaking Bad to Calling Saul, agents led by Son of Call. Oh, Game of Thrones, who's the next to die? House of Cards is full of lies. Supergirl just flew on by. We're chilling, watching Netflix. How much time's gone by? We're talking TV. From suits to supernatural. Talking TV. Blacklist and the Rebels. Sherlock's Big Bang with Orphan Black. True Detective bombed at second crack. The Walking Dead. Arrow and the Flash. Get into Geek, we are talking The Gifted. Episode 5, Boxed In, because everything's got an X in it, Matty. My um, name is Mitch. You're in here too, Matt. You! I've actually, I've gotten so excited about um, Gifted. I've actually gone and had a look at all of their social media and stuff like that. And they've actually really, as a really clever, like, millennial marketing type thing, they've assigned emojis to every character. Oh, so it's Hard like work, yes. <laughs> no, no, but like that's you know you see a movie come out and it's like oh wow they've got a that Thanos is an emoji for Avengers yeah. but yeah that's yeah well they've used existing ones so it's like Polaris is like the green heart and then Eclipse is like the eclipsed moon yeah right and then Thunderbolt is the is the lightning bolt um and then um Blink is like the little pow or it's yep. like the star with the circle and Dreamer is like you know the clouds and all that sort of <laughs> stuff so I've actually got, I've put it on my iPad you can see them all up here oh yeah yeah. I've got them all up there now. Nice, mate. I'm so into this show. I it's, love it. Mate, I, oh, wow. I mean, I, I I kept saying every week we kept, we've come in so far, which has only been four other podcasts, but like after two, it was like, what a great two episodes. And three, I was like, what a great three episode arc. And then four, it's like, this show is just going to keep going. And then this, episode five, again, it just picks up where the last one left off. It is just becoming this Netflix-style series of being one mm. really long movie. And whereas Netflix, it might cover a shorter period of time. This seems to cover, oh, maybe it doesn't actually. Like, there's really not a lot of time that each episode covers, and really every episode picks up pretty soon after the um, the last one started. But this one starts differently, where we get a backstory four years ago. Like last week, it was two years ago, and we just yeah. were there so that we knew who Pulse was and. I hate, like I know I said that last week, I hate when they go, here's this important thing. Why is it important? Because at the end, we're going to blow your mind. Whatever. Yeah. This, it's like the previously ons that kind of screw things around for you. Yeah, when they like, I think hey. There's, there's a TV show as well. Actually, I think it's Stargate. Mm-hmm. Um, In like their 200th episode, they do like a previously on. Yeah. And they include a scene that has never been in the show, just right. as a little Easter egg as a previously on to pay off a joke later in the really? later in the episode yeah see on the on the opposite i loved arrested development because they'd be like on the next arrested development and they would include stuff that was never in the next episode yeah but chronologically it would fit in canon wise it would actually fit in mm. but it would be a payoff of a joke that was in the episode you just watched and they never referred to it in the following episodes what was in that sort of mid scene but it was such an insignificant thing that it would actually fit. Like, I, yeah, I don't mind. It's like those um, the modern takes on uh, the Adam West Batman. Yeah. Where it's like, he'll be in peril at the end of the episode. What's going to happen to Batman? Blah, blah, blah. Tune in next week. Yeah. And then you tune in next week. And somehow between those two episodes, like, the stakes have been raised even <laughs> more. And it's like, that doesn't actually... But they've hooked you in to watch yeah. the rest yeah, of the episode. here anyway. Well, I guess like last week where I had an issue with the way that they introduced Pulse just to sort of pay it off. The way this one starts where you get Agent Turner's backstory about why mm. he 
quote unquote hates mutants and what happened to well, his daughter. We've been f- we've been fed that a little bit in the present day story, and yeah. then they they pay off and go, hey, this is what actually happened. Well, yeah, and we have like Pulse. They we'd never heard of Pulse in any of the previous mm. episodes before that one. At least with this one, seven fifteen had been mentioned. Yeah, so it's like okay, so now we're finally seeing seven fifteen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I think I liked it a little bit more than the, than the way they sort of just wedged pulse in there. Yeah. And what I really liked about that scene wasn't anything about the scene itself and the story in particular. It's about the way that it's shot and, and, and making this sort of fantastical storyline and people with abilities seem a little bit more real to me where you're focusing on people away from the action. The mundane stuff. Yeah. The humans in a park with their They're daughter. They're in a park and then they just go, what's that noise? And it's like, oh, there's a mutant rally and oh, I, why aren't you there? Oh, I want to take the day off. And then you just hear an explosion. You're like, oh, I wonder what's going on. Then you just see in the distance this like energy blast in the sky and they're yeah. like, oh, shit. I'm like, that seems incredible. But they're like, they're in a world full of mutants. But they're just looking at it. It's, it's over there. Like that's it, We're not going to cut. We're not a movie. They're not a movie. They're not going to cut to the action, yeah. cut back to their reaction. It's just focusing on them. And I love that. And it reminded me of, well, two things now that I think about it. But the first thing that I actually wrote down to reference was Superman Returns. Not necessarily a great movie, a great Superman movie, but... Well, it's was, better than any live action stuff we've gotten lately from DC. Well, I'm, I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. To, <laughs> little tease. Um, but in Superman Returns, and there's a scene, obviously, after his triumphant comeback, saving the, the plane from crashing, all that sort of gear. And he... I don't even know if you see Superman sort of suit up or or, or jump, you know, into the sky to, to fly off, but you just see this this guy walking along the street in Metropolis, and then he just sort of glances up into the distance, and then all of a sudden the camera switches, and you are basically that guy. You're behind him, mm. and you see this tiny speck between buildings in the distance, and then suddenly that speck gets bigger and lower, and it's Superman, and almost at eye level, flies down in front of this bloke, and and then disappears back up in between the buildings, high up again. And it was just like, that's what these guys, these characters, if this is a real world and some alternate dimension, that's what these exper- these guys experience on a, in, on a daily basis, where these fantastical creatures that we follow, and they're becoming more mundane to the viewer because we're seeing these superpowers, let, let us show you what these people with no abilities, yeah. how they see them. And to a lesser extent, but to also reference a, a, a more recent live-action DC thing that you teased <laughs> at. But um, what I really did like uh, with um, Batman v Superman was how that movie started and you saw, well, not even so much Bruce Wayne, but somebody else's perspective on the Superman and Zod fight. Because yeah. in that fight in Man of Steel, we followed just those two characters. We were in the fight with we're them. We are in the fight the whole yeah. time. We're going through buildings. We're seeing lasers fly around. We're not seeing anything else outside unless Superman is trying to save it or to stop it or to get Zod away from it, whatever. But then in Batman v Superman, we see it happening ages away. Bruce Wayne flies a chopper over there or whatever. He gets in the car. He's driving through. We only once see Superman and Zod as they're like wrestling through the sky and go to crash the mm. ground. We otherwise well, don't see... As, as humans, we can't see the speed they're going no. at. Whereas in when they're actually happening in Man of Steel, mm. we're the camera, so we're, fo- we're able to follow them. Yep. Yeah. So we just see like these lasers you know, out of their eyes, heat vision, cutting through buildings. And you're seeing Bruce Wayne, who is a superhero himself and has experienced some pretty freaky shit in his life before, but nothing to this level. And we're seeing like what that would look like from ground zero, basically. So I, I love that sort of thing. And I love that that's how the, this, mm. 
this mm. episode started where we knew how that scene was going to end. We knew that little girl was going to die, but it was like the impending doom yeah. of seeing this thing get bigger and bigger and unbeknownst to the characters, that thing was going to get them. Yeah. And just seeing how blase they were. Even it's like, hey, Grace, baby girl, come over here. Come on, we've got to go. And I'm like, man, that is your child. There yeah. is an explosion happening there. Go and get her. And she's like, oh, I'm having fun. It's like, come on, come on, Grace. I'm like, going for a big rock. <laughs> but then he does and doesn't make it. And- I think it's it's such a nice balance too because for the last sort of four episodes, we've seen sort of how much... We've seen a lot of powers. They're mm. not skimping on the powers. No. And it's like, if you had an entire season of a show just from the human's perspective and you only saw powers like that, yeah. you'd get fed up with it. Yeah, yeah. So I love the fact that we've been living with the mutants and, you know, that great scene from, is it episode three, I think, um, with the Aurora Borealis when it's mm. Eclipse and, and Polaris doing that cool thing. Yeah. Like, they, we're seeing that intimate use of sort of powers and now we're at the polar opposite of seeing this human from a distance, seeing the destructive power of something, you know, so far away from them, yeah, it almost sort of makes you understand where he's coming from. Yeah, like I still think he's going way too far. And yeah. he's, a, <laughs> he's a douche, but I just like yeah, like the fact that we didn't do a, a cut into the to the battle, and I'm kind of hoping that maybe I don't know whether it's more this season or next season. I'm not sure. I'd love to see more of seven fifteen, like that moment mm. from other people's perspectives. Yeah. Like obviously like our our core team of the the fugitives, they weren't there for that. But it's like in the same way you can ask someone where were you when Princess Diana died or mm. when you found out where were you when nine eleven happened. You, you remember sort of what I'd love to see going back and just seeing what other mundane things even the mutants were doing. Mm. Mundane things they were doing. Especially the um the the Strucker family. What yeah. were, what were they doing yeah. when seven fifteen happened? Yeah. So I'd love to see that as just a nice little sort of tie into all that sort of stuff would be would be super interesting. Well, talking about that he went uh, too far, there he could have contradicted himself halfway through the episode where he was captured by Polaris and Eclipse, and they're questioning him about Pulse working for them. They're like, why would he do that? How, what have you done? He's like, hey man, he's just doing his own thing. Not all mutants are terrorists. And I'm like, that's what they're oh. trying to say. That is their entire argument, is that not all mutants are bad guys, but you are prosecuting them and chasing them and punishing them all for being these terrorists that you're claiming. What are you talking about? That guy was on our team and we saw him die and now he's clearly brainwashed because he doesn't recognise his best friend and is working with you to stop mutants. Such a condescending line. And he had no power in that situation. He is there on the floor with a metal pipe wrapped around his neck. At any second, Polaris could kill him if she wanted yeah. to. And he's like, oh, man, must, must must be a decision he made. He must have just changed his allegiance. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> like- you, mate. Like, just... And that's I think, shows that great thing is that's where Polaris could have become a villain and yeah. just killed him. Yeah. But she didn't. And, of course, Eclipse was there to kind of be the voice of reason as well. Because mm. um, she had yeah. moments like that in yeah. that moment where he, I think... Eclipse thought that she maybe was going to go there, but mm. not to the level that he did five minutes earlier when they stopped the car. Well, I mean, she forced that car to keep driving and then got out of the car. She stops all the bullets, throws the guns and the guy in the van. Like, all that is so f-ing cool. But and then for a she, TV show, looks good. Oh, it looks crisp. Looks this whole show good. looks so crisp with the powers. They're like- amazing. Like movies don't look this good. A lot of movies that try yeah. this don't look anywhere near as good as I this. would say that whole scene of her stopping the bullets, throwing the guy in the van and the door closing and stuff like that yep. looked even cleaner than like the original X Men film yeah. out the front of the train station where Magneto turns all the guns on yeah. everybody and flips the police cars on top of each other. 
even that was a bit slow that you're like, oh, yeah, those cars are just being released from cranes that have been <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just the speed at which this all goes through, yeah. I just thought was absolutely brilliant. I did like the the backup, though, of after the, the torture scene um, where we thought, you know, Polaris was going to be the one to, to really f*** him up. Mm. No, it was actually Dreamer. Oh, my God. And then she... And again, she was going to try and fix what she was doing, but they're like dragging her away because like, no, we have to go or we're dead. So it's just that her leaving what she was doing unfinished. Well, you heard her scream. She's like, I can't leave him like this. Yeah. And she's shown more moments of not brutality, but she hasn't been as clear cut like we can't hurt any of these people. She's very much, she's more on the mutant side than even those are, not they're not fence sitters, but they don't want to hurt anyone. They just want to protect themselves. She's more willing to hurt other people. And she she was quite happy to put that fake memory into Blink so she would help Johnny. But she she knew. She, I guess with that, and I'm glad that this has started to happen because that happened, what, two, three episodes ago ago with, uh, with Blink and with Johnny. And Johnny was like, you know exactly what you've done. You know how bad this can get. Mm. And then all of a sudden, Blink's like, hey, I've got a bit of a crush on him. And oh, is it real? Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, is that as bad as it's going to get? Really? But then you start seeing how that's going to blossom because it's happened to this agent. Blink yeah. is there to witness it going, hang on, this seems a little bit weird. But yeah, I did like that Dreamer actually screamed it out. I cannot leave him yeah. like this. And it does answer a question we had when Dreamer put the memory into Blink. We're like, well, can she take that memory back? Yeah. And obviously she can. She mm. took the memory from the agent of the death of his daughter. Mm. He got home and didn't realize that his daughter oh, was, see that, was dead. When when they left and he's there just screaming, I'm like, this could be him. He could be stuck in an insane asylum. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe maybe that's when we'll really see a different side of these guys. Well, not even a different side, but we'll really see them go out of their way to help someone that does not deserve, maybe not need, but doesn't deserve their help that she's done this and she feels so bad that they actually go and break into a hospital where he is to finish yeah. the job so that he does break free from these awful memories. But what ended up happening was so much worse. And he seemed so normal when he came home. She's like, oh, you've had yeah. a bad day. And he's like, yeah. Anyway, it's great still up. I'm going to go give her a kiss. I'm like, oh, you poor bastard. You poor, poor bastard. I knew you, I'm like, you as the hashtag father. I'm like, I knew <laughs> <Yeah>. you. Would. <laughs> like, it's the closest I've been to empathizing with the agent. Yeah. But I still hate him. Yeah. Like I still, but what I think is, I think this is going to make him even more dangerous mm. than what he has been. I oh. think he's going to want revenge for this. Yeah, well, now he's 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 got no barrier, you know, stopping him from going dark side. So. Yeah, but um, I did find it interesting that obviously, yeah, Dreamer can take memories. So I'm wondering, they haven't touched on the fact that if Blink has an issue with the memory she was given, mm. she's not saying, okay, we'll just take it out. She's actually living with it. She's just, she's like, rather than just going, okay, we'll take the false memory out. Yeah. So I don't have to deal with it. Well, she hasn't had that conversation with Dreamer yet, though, has she? Like, she yeah, doesn't fully you, know what's but happening. I think but... they would have. If Dreamer can so openly take memories from oh, that she just the agent. It. Yeah. No, well, or that um, Blink would have asked the question, well, can you take it away? At which point Dreamer would have gone, yes, take it away. Yeah. But it's like, Blink is kind of like, well, you've, you've severed that little bit of trust I had as the new mutant sort of joining this group. Yeah. I'm more. It ties into. She obviously already has a little bit of feelings for Johnny, I think. Yeah. And it's like this and that's is... where I think she's not asking for the memory to be taken. I think she's just thinking maybe, like yeah. you know, when you have it's a like really, she's, she's enjoying the memory yeah. a little bit. But you but have then... a really vivid dream and you wake up. Like I, I've honestly, I've had dreams and like family members have died and I've, I've woken up in tears Jeez. and it's taken me five minutes to realize that's actually not a real thing. But I've also had a dream where. I've become, you know, not so much affectionate towards someone, but someone that I didn't really know. I've found a reason to like in my dream or someone that I do like. And You've then had they're... sex dreams about me. Just say it. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. 
I was wondering where you're going to take it, but you're that's not, fine. You're not the first person. It's fine. <laughs> or someone that I do like, and they've done something, you know, mean for lack of a of, mm. a, of a grown up word. Um, <laughs> and I've woken up really angry with this person, and it's taken a while to come down from that because it was such a real dream. So for me, she wouldn't ask for this memory to be taken because I think. In, in my interpretation, she's just thought it's her imagination. Yeah, run a little wild, maybe when she was sleeping or something, and she's woken up going, "Oh, maybe I do like this guy." It's a subconscious yeah. lust, but I didn't realize I had it until now. So this is kind of fun because yeah, all of a sudden, like last week, she was very childish, you know, and she was smiling for the first time ever and giddy around. Yeah, this, she was this doing that guy. Damn. Yeah, and I mean, I get it. He's a handsome bloke, like Ooh. long, luscious hair, and yeah. you know. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting next episode to see. I was going to say when, but maybe if they do have that conversation. And the rate this show moves, I would like to say that they definitely will. Yeah. That Blink's going to start asking some questions. And Mm. I want to see how that unfolds between allies. Because this is obviously, you know, these, okay, quote unquote, our heroes turn as our bad guy. They might not ever run into each other again. She's done the damage and she won't fix it. But yeah. Something between our two heroes, that's going to be something that's going to linger. Yeah, because I also feel there's there's almost, and it's credit to the actress for doing it, She's there's almost like a touch of embarrassment. Mm. It's almost like she was like 10% of the way there of thinking Johnny's a bit of a cutie yeah. and going, okay, all right, you know. And then Dreamer has kind of violated that by just giving her this memory of them making out. Yeah. And then it's like there's this embarrassment of like, oh, does Dreamer know that I was already 10% of the way there? Yeah. She's given me a memory that's of her making out with Johnny yeah. and then I've got it. And then it's it's a really interesting kind of concept where yeah. it's just like, okay. And then it's almost like like Blink is like, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll keep the memory. That'll, <laughs> that'll keep me warm at night, you yeah. know, <laughs> rather than saying just take it out because I don't want to deal with it. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting it, – it, it gives a lot of meat there. And, again, it's playing up that – that grey area of mutant powers. Because obviously, you know, it's always been the X-Men versus the Brotherhood, whereas this is just one big group of mutants together. Of course, they're going to fall. Like, you know, Charles and, mm. and Magneto are best friends. But yeah. I- idealistically, they're complete opposites. So I feel like this is also playing up on that where I think at a certain point with this team, there's going to be a schism somewhere. Yeah. And you're going to have to... Ch- much like uh, was X3, choose a side. Yeah. You yeah. know, that was, the, that was the tagline for that, choose a side. Mm. So I think at a certain point, there's going to be something that's going to happen at some point where, yeah, you're going to have to choose a side. Um, and I love the way they're playing with this grey area with Dreamer mm. and um, and there's Andy as well with yeah. his powers and the anger behind his powers. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get a little worried about that kid. Like mm. I don't, I, he already he looks like in you know, an Anakin five years before we saw him in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> like I'm just worried about what's going to happen with this kid, yeah. and I don't want him to go dark side. But yeah. maybe that's how this show real like you know the problem the evil is within. You well, know? and the interesting part too is now. The team's all together. We finally got, we've got Reed back and more importantly, we've got Polaris back. Yeah. Now she's like, I feel like her Eclipse and T-Bird are like, they're the three leaders mm. of this, of this group. And the whole time that the Reed, the, sorry, the Strucker family has been there, um, Polaris hasn't been there. Yeah. So now she's back. She's the queen bee yeah. of this sort of underground sort of group resistance. So how is now we get to see that whole dynamic of how she's going to go with Reed, given that she has a history with him. I feel like they're kind of the way, you know, them escaping together has kind of bonded them a little bit. Mm. So I think them, you know, possibly a bit of tension with um, Reed's wife, the mother, Amy Acker. Yeah. 
Um, th- that'll be interesting to see and, and just see how we've got... It's funny, we're only five episodes in, but suddenly there's already going to be another, like, a new dynamic Yeah, having Polaris back. So I think that'll be really, really interesting. I think that's one thing a big, I, t- I take about everything you just said is that we are only five episodes into right. the season. It already feels like we have had an entire season's run worth of story and new characters and and interactions and things so and this is this is really this aside from blink this is the first live action version we've had of any of these yeah. characters but i already feel so connected and involved with them mm. purely with polaris it's like a because she's an amazing actress and the the way she can she can uh, access her anger and mm. and and all that kind of thing, but it's like she's connected enough in that she's Magneto's daughter, she's mm. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver's half sister, so it's like she's connected enough that I'm kind of feel like I know her already, but then we're take it's taking this show to a whole nother level. Yeah, and then you've got T Bird, who I said is is uh, again we've never seen him, but we've seen his younger brother in Days of Future Past with Blink in in Warpath. Mm. Eclipse is brand new for the show, so you know, but. It's like five episodes in and I'm still, I'm so connected to all these characters that yeah. I'm just like, I'm, I'm amazed that I could feel <laughs> that way after, you know, because these aren't X-Men characters that I've ever really gotten invested in. Yeah. Polaris a little bit in um, Wolverine and the X-Men, the cartoon, they do a Days of Future Past storyline that then it's, there's, there's her, you see the early, like past her and future her, mm. but completely different character to the way they're doing it in this, in this show. Yeah. Like the green hair is the only thing these girls have in common. Yeah, right. So yeah, I'm really amazed at five episodes in how invested I am in all these characters and, and what's going on. Oh, I can't wait. It's amazing. I did, um, I did uh, with the whole um, 7.15 thing, which they've now set up was four years ago, which is great. Gives us a bit more of a timeline. I also did. I was really curious about that big energy surge that killed uh, the agent's daughter. I'm like, I'm racking my brain, going, "Who could that be? Whose power could that have been? Yeah, you know, yeah, who, yeah. What was that fight? What was going on?" And the only thing that I could think of was Nitro. Nitro is the only sort of mutant that I could think of that has a power like that. Mm. And he's it's just like his body just every every couple of hours explodes. Right. Like it just it just this giant energy wave goes through. He's actually in the comics, he's the one that caused civil war. It was him it was him exploding oh, right. that killed was it Spider Man or whoever it was, whatever the impetus for um Civil War was the in the in the comics. It was an explosion that he did yeah. is what caused Civil War in the comics. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because he's kind of not a bad guy or a good guy. He's kind of like he's so powerful it's like neither side will let them have him. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's that's the only sort of um, in my brain the only power that I could attribute that to. But I don't think it'll matter because I don't think we'll ever find out what that is. In the same way, sort of uh, Logan did it with you know the Winchester event or whatever it was um, that we never saw mm. and never will see. I think seven fifteen might be the same kind of thing. I don't think we'll ever we'll ever see it up close. Mm. We'll only see it the way we did with the agent. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I I already I, again I, I I feel like I say this at the end of every chat about gifted. I cannot wait to watch the next one. And yeah. hardly enough, friendly enough, helpful enough. It's called Got Your Six. Got your episode six. six. Got Your Six. We'll be back next Boom. podcast to talk gifted episode six. Uh, in the meantime, you can check out all of our old podcasts if you're joining gifted and us for the first time. All of our old gifted podcasts are in the Marvel family. We're also talking Marvel's Agents of Shield. Me and Maddie. While over in the DC world, myself, Terry, and Ben talking DC TV, the Arrowverse shows. 
Maddie loves them. Big fan. Big fan of the podcast, of course, Maddie. You're a big fan of the podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> the show's movie reviews as well. So stay tuned to get into Geek. Follow, subscribe, share all of our gear, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Otherwise, myself, Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram if you want to come and chat some geeky shit. Maddie. Uh, at High Pitch Maddie on the stuff and the things and the places. Go home, watch Gifted, come back next week. Listen, Yew. talk about Gifted. Let's do it. See you next week. Get into geek.com.